are joined by my good friend, Pastor Matt Brennan. Matt is the pastor of Fellowship of Oso Creek here in Corpus Christi. He's going to share with us his story on becoming a pastor, some of his life's uh, thoughts, and just some great, great conversation about uh, how faith can help you live a better life. So without further ado, we're going to introduce you to Pastor Matt Brennan. Let's get going. Welcome to another episode of the Joseph Cortez Show. I am your host, Joseph Cortez, and to my right is a good friend, Jennifer V. Hola. And today we're so excited to have one of my closest friends, a pastor, a Jeep aficionado, Harry Potter oh, aficionado. I think I don't even know what to call you about Harry Potter. Just a lover of Harry Potter and all things Potter. Sure, you, we can go with bibliophile. Bibliophile. I, yes. I love books. Nice. All that being said, it's my really good friend, Pastor Matt Brennan. Hey, thank you guys for having me. It's it's, it's uh, exciting to be here. Yes, uh, we've been, you know, working on this podcast for a while, and Matt was one of the guys that was on my list to have. He's, we've known each other for, I guess, going on about six years now. Our kids met in kindergarten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and they're in they're in sixth grade now. Yeah. So what? I guess that's seven years. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. And his how we met is a really interesting story. His son cussed in class. Do you remember that? No, 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 no. That's not what happened. That's how I, I I'm almost sure what that's, that's how my wife's what the happened. wives met. It, yeah. That's the phone call after that. Yeah. Zach did he cussed, but it was more can we say this in class and what does this mean? Yes. It wasn't like he was a potty mouth. He was asking, Hey, what does this mean? And uh, my my twelve year old is an incredibly intellectual kid and even in Super kindergarten. Smart, yeah. It was uh yeah, it just has a wide range of vocabulary. Hears something and it automatically asks it, so he can add it to his repertoire. And then and my, it, it didn't go well. Yeah, and my daughter came home and goes, "Mommy, guess what I learned today?" And uh, <laughs> I think the wives had met prior, Oakley and Sarah, but Oakley said, "Hey, let me call Sarah." And I was so expecting to hear like Zach get beat on the other side of the phone, like Schwartz from Christmas Story, <laughs> when he when the mom calls Schwartz, Schwartz's mom, and she he starts, "What? What? What?" And I was kind of expecting that, but two days later, our wives like running together, and they haven't stopped since. So uh, it's very exciting. It's kind of yeah. a fun story how they got together and, and that. So, so Matt is the pastor at Fellowship of Oso Creek. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. So how's that? Yeah, you know that you actually listen to uh, my podcast. Yes. Yeah. That's so it's, the other way we met. He's my online pastor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at my. They, they, it's weird because I knew more people at his church than I do at mine, even though I've been going to mine for 16 we, years. We actually called Joseph. We said he's he's actually a creaker. He just has his mission at a different church because they need help. Yeah. And so. <laughs> yeah, there's like 14,000 other people there that can help, yeah, but yeah. apparently they don't. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, it's, yeah, it's been really good to get to know you guys. And then, uh, so one of the things I want to talk to you about today, though, is how did you choose to go into ministry? Because it's often, or did you get that calling to go into ministry? Uh, for me, it was 100% a calling. Um, you know, I, I had I, I come to be a follower of Jesus Christ when I was eight. Uh, my, I just had a friend be baptized one day, and you know, I asked my parents, hey, why does he get to go up front? Why does he get to be baptized? Why does he get to eat the, the little snack, uh, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the communion? Now, why, why, what am I missing? 
And they said, oh, well, that's what happens when you actually accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I said, what does that mean? And they said, well, that means you have to believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that he came down to earth to rescue us uh, and died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. Well, I had been raised in church. Like, I, I was there from probably week one. And I said, are there people who don't believe this? Uh, because I, as far as I knew, everybody believed that because that yeah, was what I was way. taught all the time. And so I said, of course I believe that. And my parents made me hold off for about a year um, just to make sure that the decision was mine, which is always a wise decision. Yeah, that's what we do with the kids. We actually had um, our kids talk to Matt and Sarah before they got baptized. Yeah, and we, make sure. we, we do that same thing. We always encourage, hey, you know, you want the kids to make their own decision. That's really important. Uh, not just to follow it because. Yeah. And then I began to understand the implications of that decision about what what it meant to be uh, a follower of Jesus Christ, what it really meant to be a Christian versus just a, a Christian by name or a nominal Christian. Yeah, there's Christian by association and there's Christian by salvation. Yeah, and it's like, okay, now if this is my commitment, uh, you know, previously I understood it as fire insurance, you know, and, and I'm <laughs> That's like, okay. That's a good way to put it, Yeah. And, and I, was, I was older. I was probably in junior high before I realized, oh, this actually requires something of me. Uh, this requires my following. This actually requires a sacrifice on my part, too, not just on Jesus' part. Yeah. Um, and so big, all that said, yeah. And, and I, I kind of uh, began to really understand what it meant to walk. And when I was 16, we were at a Disciple Now, which is a youth, a weekend-long youth retreat. Uh, all the students would stay at somebody's house. Um, we'd bring in big speakers and big bands. And, and it was always the funnest activity we did in our youth ministry. But during the worship at this Disciple Now, um, I, I was kind of learning more and more about worship at this point in my life. And during worship, I was just kind of kneeling down and, and, and in worship. And I, I heard not an audible voice, but I heard an internal voice. But it wasn't in my mind. That it, wasn't, it was in my heart. And I know my voice. I actually have a constantly running inner monologue. And this was not my voice in my head. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of like where you know the voice of the Lord. Uh, it's kind of like when someone calls you you before the days of caller ID. Right. You know, you'd actually just recognize them by their voice. Yeah. Hey, it's me. Yeah. And and for the first time, I thought I heard God speak to me, and I knew it was him. Matt. And uh, that's exactly <laughs> what he sounded like. And uh, my, my God sounds like Andy Griffith. Yeah. Um, my, mad. <laughs> mine sounds like James Earl Jones. Most of the time from The Lion King, sometimes from Star Wars if he's angry at me. Uh, but it's always James Earl Jones. No, I'm just playing. Um, actually, it was it was just simply a, a, a deep resonance in my heart. That's good. And, and I heard this voice simply saying, be still, I'm about to do something. And, and all these thoughts instantly run through my head. And I kind of felt an exasperated sigh from God. And he's like, ah, just be still and listen. And well, so I tried, to clear, like right <laughs> I tried to clear my mind of busyness and worry for a second so I could listen, not empty myself so that I could be empty, uh, as, as some people try and do, but empty myself so I could be filled with the Holy Spirit at that moment. That's a good way to put it. I mean, I think that the whole be still thing is yeah. people don't quite understand it, and I, I still struggle with it, but yeah. it's like, just stop well, so I can start. I, I have, you know, I, I have... ADHD and ADD and you know OCD and all the, everything all the that, D's all the D's <laughs> yeah. um, and and it, it's hard but it's a discipline it's also a fruit of the Holy Spirit you yeah. know and so I was I was just still and and God said I'm about to do something and then I could tell He said go up front and stand by the speaker 
uh, meaning the amplifier, not the guy speaking. Yeah, in I was front. wondering. I was like, that's and a little awkward. I, I went and I stood up front by the speaker. And the moment I got there, the worship leader said, if anyone feels called into full-time ministry, uh, come stand by the speaker so we can pray over you. And at that moment, my entire life clicked. And you know how you're in high school, you get all these assignments like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Right. And so I would always pick something interesting. Oh, I want to be, you know, a biomechanical engineer. I want to be an FBI forensic specialist. I want to be, I want to be. And, and I, truth be told, I didn't want to be anything. Like none of these things sounded fun. Uh, or they did when I began the assignment, and after I'm done, I'm like, oh, this would be miserable. Yeah, well, that's me. Like I wanted to be an accountant until I started studying accounting. And yeah, <laughs> I was like, this would be death. Yeah, I, I never wanted to do anything, and and all of a sudden, when I heard that, I'm like, that's what I'm created for, and it just made sense. And from that moment, I haven't turned from it. You know, wow. I went to college. My dad's like, hey, branch out into other things would be a good idea, and I'm like, no. I actually wish I would have listened to him and got some training in some other things, uh, communication or business, to, to have a background. Not, mm-hmm. But at the time, I viewed that as not getting a degree in ministry, right? which yeah. I went and got the degree in ministry. I actually didn't have the maturity to go through college when I was there. Um, my second semester, I almost failed out. And then well, the I beginning didn't. of my sophomore year, uh, I, I, I met a girl who I really liked, and and she studied for fun. And if it were not for her and me trying to s- spend time with her, I would never have graduated. And and if it's all because of my wife that I even graduated college in the first place. Because I simply didn't have the discipline. I didn't have the maturity. Yeah. Um, and so I actually went and got my major in religion, decided that I wanted to be a counseling pastor, tried that out, and I hated that too. Um, <laughs> I've actually heard that from a lot of pastors. Like, I want to be a preaching pastor. The counseling thing is not me. Like... Uh, one of my heroes growing up was my was our counseling pastor, and he was so good and he was so wise. And I just wanted to be him when he grew up. When I grew up, and, and then I actually did that. I'm like, oh my gosh, people just talk to you all day. This is miserable. Yeah, and, look into my world. Yeah, Funny and then I found is, out in youth ministry, yeah. you just go and you like play with teenagers and make up fun games and have like relevant. I, I could be really me if I went into youth ministry. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I went into youth ministry, and that's kind of where that began. Yeah, now he's a youth pastor for an adult church. So. Yeah, yes. I'm, you know, nothing changed from the moment I became no, no. an adult pastor from youth pastor. Th- it, those people just grew up, and now they're, yeah, they're adults. That's, that's very accurate. Uh, that's yeah. Actually accurate. I do have some of the people in my church were elementary or kindergarten students when I was a youth pastor. Yeah. And they grew up under my ministry, and then I became, um, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, a, a big kid pastor, real real pastor, whatever you want to say. Yeah. And they actually are still with me. And I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool. You haven't left. That's awesome. And then you married a counselor, which I think is I the did. best part. That's hilarious. Too. I did. Well, she was not a counselor when I married her. Um, and then she decided to become a counselor. Yeah. Well, uh, after probably being married to you for a while, she probably went to counseling yeah. and decided, this is what I do to help people like me. Yeah. And you know what it was? Is actually she, um, Sarah has a passion for justice. She does. Um, yeah. She of does all things. And like so. Justice. She was doing social work, and she could have majored in anything. She she got a four all through college, and and and, and, and literally drugged me through the program. Yeah, um, like it's it's all because you know she got a graduated magna cum laude. I graduated praise the lordy, um, <laughs> and, and night and day. But uh, she always had a passion for social work for justice. Uh, she went into working for Casa, which is court appointed special advocates, mm-hmm. um, basically for foster kids in the system. 
And wow. okay. she was exposed to these kids who had nobody on their side and nobody there for them. And she originally went into counseling because she there there was a counselor who was the only consistent person in this kid's life one time. And she decided from that point she was going to go into counseling, went in and got her uh, master's in counseling and, and then began the counseling route. So, um, yeah. In the meantime, I was actually working on my master's of divinity, uh, going through seminary class. Um, and I think I started two years before she went into her program. And, and she graduated. And then she's like, man, that was a long program. And she looked at me, she goes, how long have you been in seminary? I'm like, seven years. I've got two more to go. And she's like, what in the world is going on? And, and it was a long program. Anywhere else it would be considered a doctoral program. It was like yeah. 92 hours. But uh, eventually I got my degree and uh, yeah, and just continued doing ministry. But now I, I have a degree, I guess, a second yeah. one. And so, so but uh, I actually went to start college here in Corpus Christi. Okay. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. And so are you teaching there? Uh, no, I, I taught I taught twice. Up. I taught uh, a class on youth ministry, and I taught a class on uh, Old Testament and the Minor Prophets, yeah. um, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's like seventy hours of discussion on the Minor yeah, Prophets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could I could go so, there forever. So you know, there's there's a bunch of small books of the Bible that are three four pages long. Uh, Habakkuk. Uh, you could name the minor yeah, prophets right now. Basically, anybody in the Bible that sounds like an Amish name is one of the minor <laughs> prophets. Uh, it's Joel, Amos, Obadiah. Obadiah. Um, yeah. You know, all those guys. And so <laughs> each one of them is a minor story. But, you know, I, I used to teach the historical context uh, about the Assyrians and the Babylonians and the um, insurgencies into Israel and, and those kind of things, the historical background for it. Yeah, which is and awesome. So, so. Yeah, archaeology is one of my passions. Sorry, yeah. I won't bore your, your listeners. Oh, no, man. Uh, so it's, it's, I'm watching a show right now. It's the Lost. Uh, Lost Treasures of the Maya with LiDAR radar, oh, awesome. and it's really kind of cool. I think Zach would probably get a kick out of it because they're able to, to – they took lasers over the Amazon rainforest, and they're able to remove all the trees uh, geographic, like on a map, and this is what it looks like. That sounds map. very apocalyptic. Yeah. We've removed all the trees of the Amazon rainforest yeah. with lasers. So they were able to see all the Sorry. structures underneath it. They found 60,000 structures. Oh, wow. Over, over, over like 500 square miles. This wow. is crazy. So, so – you became a pastor, all that, and you know, for a lot of people that don't know, I mean, running a church is like running a business, uh, but harder because <laughs> you have volunteers and you have your customers that have like really strong input, and their feelings are attached to everything you do, and and so when you first got, what, what was your first church? Uh, you know, I, I first began. I was hired as a youth pastor when I was eighteen years old. And if I have any churches listening out there, never hire an 18-year-old youth pastor. That is a terrible idea. Because <laughs> he's like and, pastoring himself. Yeah, and so I, I became an 18-year-old youth pastor. It was horrible. Um, but I had my first job experience. Uh, and then at the end of college, I became a youth pastor uh, when I was, I guess, I kept doing it. Uh, at 20, I was working at uh, in Bruceville, which is outside of Waco, okay. um, yeah, as their youth pastor. Yeah, yeah, I went to Baylor. Yeah, go and so, which seven and zero right now for for Baylor football? Nice, uh, Sikkim Bears. Wow. And so, yeah, playing oh, Halloween a, night, Sikkim which Bears. is the next game. Um, and so, uh, went to uh, was working at Bruceville as a youth pastor. Got a job in Harlingen as a youth pastor. Uh, worked there for seven years, and then began to feel uh, the Lord calling us out of youth ministry. Um, honestly, because I, I I've been praying about what the Lord wanted next for me. And I had a very specific prayer request. I wanted to be close to family in Dallas. 
uh, where my brother was, where Sarah's sisters were. Um, I, I didn't want to be the only youth pastor there. I wanted to work in community. Mm-hmm. I, I, and um, I had a buddy of mine offer me a job as his high school pastor, one of three youth pastors in Garland, Texas, in Dallas. And I'm like, this is what I've asked for. And so we began to feel the Lord moving us away. And in that process, God said, I want you to know, here's everything you asked for, and I'm giving it to you. And he goes, but because you didn't want ask, you did not ask what I wanted you to do. It's it's something different. And he goes, you can have this. You can go and, and be a youth pastor there. And he goes, but I had something different in mind for you. But I want you to know you can have what you asked for. And at that moment, I, I called my buddy and said, hey, I can't do it. God has something different for me. Mm-hmm. And I immediately closed that door. And I said, God, what did you have for me? And he goes, oh, it's much harder and much further out and a lot more lonely. And it's a really weird city um, by the water. And so, and we didn't know what that looked like, but we, at that point, I, I uh, resigned from my youth ministry position. Uh, I got to preach my resignation. And I said, hey, God's calling us away. There's a theme throughout scripture where God calls people without knowing where they're going. It happened to Abraham. He goes, hey, come and go to a place where, you know, I will lead you. And Abraham's, where is that? And God goes, let's see, you know, and, and then there's <laughs> this <over> yonder. <laughs> theme of, of Peter and Andrew and John and James leaving their nets, leaving their boat, leaving yeah. their dad still in the boat. Yeah, that's the one that always freaked me out. Like, like, the dad's like, what? who's going to fish tomorrow, Sons, man? wait. You know, I, I, I don't like, know what that looks like. Pay your rents. Pay your rents. <laughs> but they didn't know where it was going to lead them. Jesus, just follow me. And they're like, all right. Yeah. And I said, there's this theme in Scripture uh, of of going where the Lord calls you when you don't know where he's calling you, but in the process of following, you find it. Yeah. Um, and I won't call that blind faith because I don't think the disciples had blind faith. I think they knew Jesus, and their faith was definitely in a place. It was in a person. It was in Jesus. So it wasn't remotely blind, but they didn't know where to lead them. And, and at that point, my wife and I began praying about where to go. Uh, long story short, or long story mediumly short, because that was kind of a long story. Uh, we wound up in Corpus Christi, and that will be nine years this February. We've nice. been in Corpus Christi. Well, we're glad you're here. So yeah, it's me been... too. Worked out. We thought we'd be here. We thought we'd be in and out. We yeah, we'd I'd, I'd have stops. nobody to play Oregon Trail with if you weren't here. So thanks for that. What's that Oregon Trail? Nineteen eighties, nineties video game. Okay, we're gonna have to have a game. Yeah. It's, it's it's yeah, it's an old. Like video so Jennifer, game how you... old are you out of curiosity? 32. 32, okay. Yeah, so all my Seinfeld jokes, all my friends' jokes, just right it. over her head. <laughs> Man, there's not that big of an age no, gap. No, but there's a generation. It's, it's, and if you, if you start thinking about this like on a big scale, like 10 years is a huge difference because of the internet. Well, and, and, and what and we were. so many options. What we were watching at 14, she was not watching it for. No. And you know? by the time. She was 14. There was complete different stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it just kind of, we're that zenial generation that just kind of is the best generation ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, we are. Extra certain gens, uh, um, millennials. Zen everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, really interesting. So I was like, but you can, she can go Netflix or yeah. Hulu. It, so. Yeah, okay. So Oregon Trail was an old computer game where it was an old type-based computer game where you would try to get to Oregon and you would not. You would die. Yeah, you were okay. going west. Yeah. Head, yes. Head west, young friends. <laughs> but yeah, it was basically based off of the historical Oregon Trail, which began in Independence, Missouri, yeah. and worked its way to the Willamette Valley. But you had to cross the Rocky Mountains. And everybody who went on the Oregon Trail died. So the game was, let's have all the kids learn history by playing a computer game in which they all die too. Yeah. So I died oh, in cholera. Wow. Oakley died in dysentery. Dysentery, yeah. Rattlesnake yeah. bites. Rattlesnake it's bites. good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's really Y'all nice. are talking a different language right now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so uh, like 
you know, Jen wants to go west us to Vegas. So, <laughs> you know, the the guys in their for- all the people in their like late thirties, early forties, suddenly like retuned into what they were listening to. They're like, oh, <laughs> that's right. So, but uh, so you know, we won't get too far into. I just kind of wanted to introduce your story as a pastor and, yeah, and all yeah. the things about that because I mean, it's as a pastor, it's like, do people ever just see you as Matt? You know, it's so strange because. When I came to Fellowship of Oso Creek, I actually joined as a member. Yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine, Mike Cervantes, um, was the pastor, and uh, I started coming to Oso Creek, and he said, hey, come on as our youth pastor. And Wait, I, so you came to Corpus without a church? Oh, yeah. I didn't have any plans. I didn't, we didn't know <laughs> oh what we were God. doing. Um, this, was, this was like, uh, not blind faith, because we knew we were following Jesus, but we didn't know what he would do. You, you knew where, but you, know, you didn't know what or how, huh? We had no idea that within two years, I would be the lead pastor of a church, that we would be here for nine years, that our kids would both graduate elementary school here. We didn't look for middle schools. I was going to, I had a year left in at, at uh, what is now Stark University, uh, finishing up my master's degree. And Sarah had just finished up her counseling degree and had begun working here. And we prayed, uh, God, where do you want to lead us? And what he constantly brought to our mind was Micah 6.8, which says, What does the Lord ask of you but to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with the Lord your God? Is that what's on our arm? That's actually, yeah, my wife has that tattoo. Yeah, she has a tattoo. I've and never actually held her arm long enough to. Like, you, you should sometime. Like... It's, it's a great way to get punched <laughs> in the nose is grab her arm and see what happens. Um, but she has that, uh, that inked on her forearm. And, and basically that became a life verse for us. And we really interpreted that. What does the Lord ask of you but to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with the Lord your God? When we were praying, saying, God, where are you sending us? He's like, you know what to do. I don't care where you do it. You have the freedom to go. And, and so we prayed about that, and we, we felt the Lord unrolling a map. And so we kind of felt like God was saying, go where you want to go. Go to Corpus Christi. And so not that we wanted to go to Corpus Christi, but as we prayed about it, we said, let's try Corpus Christi. We came down three times to look for a house, um, and it uh, didn't work out. And so we made one last trip, and we said, if we can find a place, then we'll stay. And if not, we'll move up to Houston instead. Yeah. Hello, Megan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so we, we found a place, um, visited around churches, visited Fellowship of Oso Creek, decided that was not the church for us. And um, so we, we spent six weeks at Yorktown. It's like a 40 Creek ad now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's like right in front of the camera. Sorry, we just brought a, a, a bottle of uh, Canadian whiskey and dropped it in front of the camera. Yeah, so um, that's one of the great things I love about Matt. And we'll get into this in a second. But <laughs> but um, anyway, so yeah, we weren't planning on coming to Corpus Christi, but it's one of those times in my life where I realized, you know, the Bible calls us co-laborers with the Lord. Or collaborators with him. Yeah, that's a good point. And we, he gives us freedom in what we get to so do. So that, that spurs a whole discussion on itself. You know what to do, but where you do it's your choice. For us, that was what he was saying. There are other times where I actually looked at my wife and said, hey, we picked Corpus. We had the choice to come here. We can pick somewhere else now. Okay. So And God said, no, you can't. And he locked us down. So there's a discussion I've been having with some people uh, about, does God orchestrate everything in your life? And so there's there's two views of this. There's a what I call high views. There's a high view of God's sovereignty, which says the Lord is sovereign, his will will be done. 
And part of that high view of sovereignty of God is God reigns, God makes all the decisions. Whatever he wants to happen is going to happen whether you like it or not. I do not subscribe to that view of God simply because I do not believe that's what Scripture teaches one. And I believe that when it calls us co-laborers, I believe lots of things happen outside God's will. I believe sin is one of them. Yeah. That's the very definition of it, is God says, behold my will, and we say, nah, no thanks. Like, uh, that's the story on page three of the Bible. Yeah. God says, hey, here's the freedom. Eat of any tree you want to. Just stay away from this one. Yeah. But what if Eva had made apple juice? And so, like, she goes and just, like, <laughs> It's boom. actually for the, yeah, Kanye. That's for the new Kanye album. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, she, she goes and she chooses, out of her own free will, the one tree that God said not to. Yeah. And, but he gave her the freedom to pick anything she wanted to. Just don't do this. And God gave the free will choice. So there's this high view of God's sovereignty, which says God picks everything. And then there's a high view of God's collaboration or a high view of, of free will. Right. I, I think you can have both. Yeah, I, 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 I think you, uh, but I do have a high view of free will as well. Yeah, because we've had this discussion. Uh, the example I was coming back to is Oakley's sister was killed by a drunk driver one in the morning type thing. And it was, in, it was that's God's plan for her? I don't know. I think some idiot got drunk and hit her. Yeah, I do. I would agree with you, Brian. And he went outside of it. And so everyone comes back to Romans 8, 28 is all things work for those, for the good of those who love the Lord. So even though he didn't want that to happen, he allowed it to happen because he doesn't necessarily intercede in everything. It is a statement about God's it. redemption. You know what I view it as? Uh, I view it as the old school GPSs. Now, GPSs didn't have a long life because everybody got a phone. Yeah. Um, but there was a day in which everybody had to buy a separate GPS, yeah. put it in your car. Still and yeah, that day when you had the GPS and your GPS would talk to you and it would be like, turn right here. This is your exit. And the GPS would tell you, go this way. And whenever you would ignore the GPS, it would blank out for a second and say, recalculating, and it would send you in a new direction. I I really think that God says, this is my plan for you. This is my will for you. And so often we miss it because we're not listening to him. And instead of saying, you blew it, you're driving off a cliff. Instead, the the very nature of God's grace is God goes, I can still fix this. I've still got this one. I've still got you in my grace. I, I can still redeem this. I can still turn you around. And it's this idea that, hey, you can still do a U-turn, which is the very word, by the way, for the word repent, means U-turn. Hmm. And and at any given point on the road, now there's a point where the road well, ends. I'm glad my GPS doesn't go, repent. Yes, repent. yes. <laughs> repent. The end of the road is near. Um, no, but the, the end of the road is there. But I believe that God simply, when we make a dumb choice or we make a sin choice, he goes recalculating. Unfortunately, with a high view of free will, it, it means that, our stupid decisions affect other people in our life. Yeah. yeah wouldn't it there, be there's nice? There's consequences from that. But. Wouldn't it be nice if, like, if if my decisions just affected me? But if I make a stupid decision, it affects my wife. It affects my family. It affects those closest to us who love us the most. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a big domino. It is. Yeah, well, it's because we're all interconnected. And, and, and then your your sphere, your 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 tribe, as yeah. you call it, is really connected to you. And it's the matter of those people suffering with you or because of you yeah, or empathizing with you or there. I mean, I've had friends get divorced and they're, you know, everything's chaotic for a year. And then I have a good friend of mine that's about to get remarried. And, you know, I don't know if that was, that was obviously not God's plan, but it seems like he's going to utilize it yeah, and get them back into a, pl- a better place. 
Well, and, and, and it's just so so crazy to see those situations happen like that. And, and and I believe I believe in God's redemption means it's okay. I have a plan B. You know, uh, you and then I could turn to so many stories in Scripture, and 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 show you this theology and outline it. In fact, I do every Sunday morning at nine sixteen or eleven one. Join us at Fellowship of Osa Creek, <laughs> right across like, from Rancho Vista. Yeah, we. Or if just... you want to buy a house in Rancho Vista, you can use Create Realty Group, the sponsor of this podcast today, the Create Realty Group. If you're going to buy, sell, or invest in Corpus Christi, we are your folks. See how I got that. Up. Love it, man. That was very nice. Very nice. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, like I, I can open up Scripture and just just walk people through this. Um, but all that to say, when this is one of those moments where God laid out a map for us and says, you know, what do you want to do? You know what to do? Go do it. I believe there's tremendous amount of freedom in God's will. I think there's a ton of freedom, which is, which is scary and ultimately really exciting yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you there. Yeah. Um, I, how do how we get on this tangent? You asked something about, oh, I, I came to Corpus, Corpus, Corpus Christi because you basically said you came and he said, you could. You know what you're supposed to do. Go do it. Go do it. And yeah. where does it matter? It's up to you. So we, we joined Fellowship of Oso Creek as members. And after I was there, Mike asked me to become the youth pastor. Told him, hey, I, I think God's calling me away from youth ministry. Boy, that was a long tangent. Um, no, that's good. That's what this whole point is. I mean, and so I think somebody's going to get really blessed. <laughs> it's, still, it's still a discussion we can have for another hour and a half yeah. because I, there's so much to the fact that we make mistakes. Yeah. And God's like, okay, that's fine. Let me get you back on this path because I think you can still you can still get off the path, and eventually still get back towards His will. Yeah. Um, so I, I came on. Uh, hey, just like a tangent. Um, yeah, exactly. I I, uh, I, I think uh, I came on staff at Fellowship Bozo Creek as the life group pastor. Life groups are our small groups that meet in homes throughout the week, um, and that's our primary source of discipleship. That's where we grow in Jesus in the context of community. Uh, spurring one another on to make the name of Jesus Christ famous in Corpus Christi and around the world. And so I became the life group pastor, and I did that for about a year and a half. And um, under Mike, you know, just kind of uh, being there with life groups, after about a year, Mike asked me to fill in and teach for him. And and so I taught for him. And when we were done, um, the thing I loved most about Mike is Mike had a high value of shared leadership. Hmm. Uh, Mike had a gift of seeing other people's gifts and empowering them and enabling them to do those things well. And for me, when he had me teach, he came to me and he said, hey, you're a better teacher than I am. He goes, I want you teaching once a month. And so I began teaching once a month. When Mike resigned, the elders asked me to teach in the interim period. And so I began to teach. And I thought, okay, I'll teach until they find a pastor. And then the elders approached me. Um, One of the elders came and he says, "I, I think the uh, I think Matt should be our new pastor. I think God's calling Matt to do it. That's awesome. Every and he walked out of the room. Every um, time we sell elders, I always see like a guy in like a robe and a cane. With that's it's exactly like, how it happened. Um, <laughs> no, he was he was twenty. He was thirty six at the time or something like that. But uh, we came and so I began teaching. And all this spurred from the question: uh, Were you a pastor or a friend? That being said, I felt like because I joined the church. I was called to be a pastor by a church of my friends. That's awesome. It's, it's a great compliment. And it was something fantastic, and it was beautiful. What became difficult is over the years, because Corpus Christi is a very transient community, a lot of my friends moved. And, and we've had a lot of loss. We've had a lot of friends move, a lot of friends die, a lot of friends we fell out with. Um, and slowly, new people come to Corpus 
And uh, like every organization, it has a turnover. It has a change. Um, and nobody on staff with me now was on staff when we I first started. And it's been a complete turnover. And it's been interesting because now I find myself kind of as a pastor. And the yeah. new people who have all come in began viewing me as a pastor. And so I feel that there's been a shift in the way people have seen me. Hmm. And and that's actually been a little bit hard. Yeah, because that, that, that tight group is not there and the closeness is not yeah. there. So, well, and then people see you as pastor first. Yeah. And then I have to reestablish, hey, I, I'm still the person I was. Like, I'm not perfect. Like, don't put me on a pedestal. <laughs> we um, had this discussion the other night. Yeah. I was like... Uh, I was kind of kidding. I was like, I'm going to preach while you're in sabbatical. And I was like, I don't want that mantle, man. I, I, I just don't want to be on a pedestal and, you know, but probably put myself there sometimes uh, <laughs> just to get shot down. But yeah, it's really, because one thing I've always, I think it's one of the reasons we haven't gone to your church is your map to me. <laughs> because y'all be like, nah, we wouldn't listen to a word that guy says. Yeah. You know what I'm in real life. Forget it's, this business. It's really fun having a pastor for a friend who's not my pastor. Because yeah. I can just be Matt with you. You can just be Matt to me. And Sarah's just Sarah. She's not the pastor's wife. I, I've, I've personally always believed that if Oakley was not anchoring you to where you were, you you would be with us. I'm, I'm there in spirit. Uh, I, know, I believe that. I believe like A that. lot of our tithe goes there. <laughs> I, I know that too. <laughs> well, I think you should bless the ministries that help you. Yeah. I really, I, I think people, you know, we, we used to do, pick a tithe, one tithe a year and send it to another church. And I think people should do that. Yeah. And well, get blessed by, bless somebody else. Yeah. And especially and, and, somebody you believe in. Yeah, one hundred percent, brother. I I believe in that greatly. I, I don't think God worries about man, where's my money coming in? Yeah, from? Like, you know? tithe, tithe um and so we, we agree. <laughs> you know, Please. it's been helpful for Sarah too to have friends outside of Oso. Um people people just with an outside perspective. It's not easy to be a pastor's family. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to be a pastor's wife or our kids. And so having people outside who don't view you as that first, but view you as friend. Uh but you know, instead of pastor's wife or pastor. Uh, yeah, people, that's people you can really talk to. Like I have friends that are brokers in other states, and I can actually just call them and be like, "This is what's going on," and get some real advice. Versus, you know, having to talk to somebody with within the family or within the office. And yeah. Like, and I mean, Jen's one of the few people I can I can talk to, and I know it's not gonna, you know, I'm gonna get some real advice, not just you know the placating advice. Yeah. Well, we also have a high view of authenticity, which is why I don't mind saying these things on the air on a podcast and be like, hey, here's here's everything in real life. <laughs> well, it's what, I think that's what people strive for. I think the whole world's missing authenticity. Everyone's mm-hmm. hiding behind a Twitter page or yeah. a Facebook profile and, okay. and and this cancel culture we have. You know, I mean, yeah. I think, you know, women, I'll get Jen's opinion on this, is like fakeness is a really big deal to you guys, right? Oh, yeah. Um... You can always pick it out. Yeah, definitely. Um, like last night, I went to go have dinner with uh, some friends of mine, and uh, we were just kind of being real with each other, you know, and at the end of the night, we're like, you know, it felt good to be real because we see social media and people are kind of like, oh, my life's so perfect and it's awesome. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, everybody is going through something and everybody just needs that friend. Or That's, you know. that's the whole reason we try to get people into life groups is we say, hey, you need community. Yeah. Human beings are designed for community. They're designed to live together. And and just to have an opportunity to be real with somebody where I don't have to fake it 
And that's the whole purpose of Life Group is somebody that you can grow in Jesus with in community. To be able to come to somebody and say, man, like I'm not doing well. Or man, like people to celebrate with you, people to spur you on, people to lift you up. I think we're all looking for relationships like that. And a relationship where we have the authenticity, we have the freedom to have bad days too yeah. and, and have people lift us up. And it's it's good to be able to go into a life group and be like, man, things are up in my marriage. And then you're with somebody else in their life group, you know, and you see their marriage and you're like, wow, we're not so bad off, sweetie. Like, yeah. we're, we can be, we'll <laughs> it's, make... it's the reason people used to watch uh, Maury Povich and Jerry Springer. Yeah. They wouldn't know their life's not, yeah. the only one's screwed up. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things interesting too is, you know, you need that person that's going to spur you on and say, you know, high five for not drinking today. Yeah. yeah. Or high five for not looking at porn yeah. today or, or not yelling at your kids. Whatever it is, if you don't have that person to go to and say, I'm getting past this in my life, you're not going to get past it. Yeah. And to do it on your own is hard. So having that, whether it's family, friends, life groups are really important. You know, because everyone says, oh, just, pray. you know, Jesus is there for you. He'll get you through it, which is true. Absolutely. But if you don't know how to even get connected with him in the first place and handle that right. on your own, it, try to handle it on your own is really hard. And so that's why it's important to have, you know, uh, really good friends around mm-hmm. and really good life group people to, around to get you through that because uh, different seasons of life call for different advice. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Woo. A lot. That's heavy, man. Yeah, that's heavy. That's what that's what happens. So we yeah start talking about uh, anything, and then it's like, okay, there's a principle behind. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we're like I said, we're designed for community, man, and we we need it in our lives. Yeah, yeah, it's a good tribe to have, you know. So, well, Jenna, I think uh, you're you're probably got to get going, get to the family. Yeah. We got the home tribe there. So I think we're gonna wrap this episode up uh we're Matt gonna get matt to stick around for another episode man jen i'm so sorry i took up all the time it's like no, that's what, that's this has been for. 45 minutes of me speaking with jen staring at me it's been awkward that's no. that's for <laughs> now you know pretty much no, how every didn't. office meeting goes <laughs> it's like he's talking again he's not asking questions he's just gonna tell us how to tell no, us. i was very intrigued that's why i was staring at you because i thought yeah. you had a lot of good points and um <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I want to go to church now. Yes, well, yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. you are welcome to join us any week uh, at 916 or 1101. Yeah, they're probably 1101. 1101. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have a good children's ministry, too. They can watch London. Yep. Uh, That'd be nice. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, we were talking about the other day. I got to get you back. I got to get me back. Maybe. Yeah. My I think family's I'm been out go of church. S- I think I'm going to go this summer. again. That's so, a, it's a weird place week. to be not in church when it's such a big part of part of your life and it's like yeah we walked back in as a family for the first time at our church just like since like may we all four of us were there and people were like oh they are still together okay <laughs> <laughs> i thought one of them moved or something so hey matt i appreciate you being here uh we'll stick around for another episode man yeah, it's my my privilege to be here man let jen get home she's just going home to watch the astros yeah. game so uh, yes i am nice take care of the baby so yeah all right well till the next episode we will catch you guys later thank you Thank you.